Welcome to the weekly podcast all about turning the great American RV adventure into stress-less camping. Each week, we explore tips, tricks, ideas, and destinations, and talk to the happiest campers in the RV world. Pull up a seat at the campfire as we enjoy some stress-less camping. Welcome to the campfire. It is such a pleasure to be back here with you, and we appreciate you bringing us to your ears. I'm we Tony. Do. I am Peggy. And we are two RV industry veterans who travel part-time. In a small trailer. Looking to share big adventures and help you with great tips. Tricks. And discounts. Man, I hate sitting on exciting news, but we have some cool stuff <laughs> coming up in the next few weeks for our website. So just stay tuned. What a horrible tease. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Sorry, everybody. I'm not even sure. Anyway, <laughs> what we don't have to sit on is that I have joined a group called the RV Women's Alliance, and one of their programs is called Drab to Fab, and they yep. have completely gutted and they are completely renovating an RV travel trailer and they are going to raffle that off in June and so I wanted to let everybody know about this and we will share the link to the Drab to Fab page on our show notes and I think it's going to be super exciting. I think can't you enter to win that thing? You can enter to win. It's a raffle. The raffle will be held on June 23rd and we actually happen to be planning to make a trip out to, to Indiana. Indiana. When we just happen to be probably in Indiana on June 23rd. So yep. I think we're going to be very excited to be able to be there for the actual drawing and see the Drab to Fab trailer become owned. That will be so cool. And so we'll going to Indiana to the RV museum right. and we're going to go visit a few friends who are in the manufacturing business and it's going to be egg-siding. 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 Yes, indeed. Yeah, drab to fab. Drab to fab. So check that out. Again, we'll leave the link on our notes so that you can see it and watch their progress. To go from drab to fab. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries and breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. <laughs> We are super excited to welcome Renee Agredano and Jim Nelson, who wrote the book and live the life, Be More Dog. And <laughs> there is nothing that gives me shivers of love more than loving a dog. Dogs are smart. So welcome. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here. Thank you for being here. You were inspired by your dog, Jerry. And you basically dropped everything and took Jerry on a heck of a journey. 
So tell me, I mean, we'd love more details than just that. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a long story, but, you know, we'll try to keep it a little brief. We used to live in Eureka, California, and we ran a business that took up a lot of our time. And Jerry was our very loyal, very patient chief fun officer. So we called him our CFO. (laughs) For eight years, that dog, he was so patient. We worked really long days and he would just live for those little moments where we would be able to go to the beach or go camping on the weekends. Then one year when he was eight years old, he started limping and the limp got worse. We eventually found out he had bone cancer, which in dogs, this type of cancer is a terminal condition. And his vet gave him six months to live, six months to maybe, maybe a year, possibly, but it was more like six months. And we were like, wow, like all of a sudden we realized how quickly the last eight years had flown and we wanted to do something for him for being so patient, being that he was our only child. (laughs) We were at this point in the business where we were just getting ready to look at other things we wanted to do in life. And so as weird as the timing was, I mean, nobody wants to deal with cancer. It was a good opportunity to kind of reevaluate our life. And in the meantime, take Jerry on a farewell road trip. There was a silver lining in there and Renee's kind of understating how busy we were. These were the dot-com heydays and we were in marketing and we were living this fast-paced lifestyle with clients all over the world. And when we found out that our chief fund officer had you know four to six months to live, we learned that amputation wouldn't get rid of the cancer, but it would get rid of the pain. So we decided, you know, it, we were at a point in our business where it was time to grow and expand anyway, and we were getting burnout. So the bittersweet journey was, you know, a a silver lining that led us to sell the business, sell our 3,700 square foot home office workshop. Renee said one day, I got an idea. Let's get an RV. And I was just (laughs) at a point where I was like, okay, how are you going to make that work? So we planned and budgeted for a sabbatical. We we were going to take a year off thinking that Jerry only had a few months remaining and we wanted to spend that time living life to the fullest. Had you ever been RVing before? No. As kids. I mean, my parents took me on a few trips in my childhood, but we were not RVers by any means. Right. What year was this? 2006? When he was diagnosed, and then we bought our first RV in 2007. So within six months, we kind of like sold the business, sold the house, got everything going, and we were on the road in June of 2007. Wow. The reason I ask that is, you know, now RVs are so in the forefront of what's going on that it seems like an obvious solution to people. Hey, let's let's go RVing because there are few other choices or at least few good other choices. And then that wasn't as much the case. No. <laughs> there was no researching digital nomads at the time. We bought paper books yeah. on how to go RV. On how right. to take a sabbatical, how, how to, to take, take a year, a year off. off. We had never owned an RV before. And in fact, we used to make fun of RVers because we were, <laughs> we were like, we carried a backpack. We, that was real That's camping. Not camping. That's, and, and Jerry would hike with us. Jerry would carry his own pack too. But yeah. when he lost a leg, he couldn't do that anymore. So then, yeah, RVing was totally the obvious thing to do with him. Yeah, we kind of had to realize that maybe this is a good option and we should check it out. We entered the whole world of RVing not knowing a single thing. About oh, man. It. So was it as you were going 
shopping for your RV? Were you kind of holding your nose and going, here we go? Or <laughs> it was more Almost. like tail between our legs. Well, I guess we're going <laughs> to buy into this thing. They uh, said they bought books. That's more research than we ever bothered to do. Well, but <laughs> yeah, that's true. But by the same token, we had basically no time limit when we bought our first new RV. And I dragged her to a year's worth of dealerships. We went and looked at well over 100 RVs. I mean, wow. it was... It was probably three years. Wow. Every time we were in a car on a road trip and we'd see a dealership, we'd go, well, do we have an extra hour? Sure we do. Let's pull over and look for an yeah. RV. Funny story there is, um, you know, we did go to a couple of shows and research online about which rig was going to be best for us, but we were dead set on a truck camper. Yeah. We knew we wanted to get a, a big four-wheel drive truck anyway someday, and we thought, the truck camper would be perfect. And we were at a show looking at the Arctic Fox and we're almost dead set on living in this little 12 square foot box. And we realized <laughs> that the fifth wheel that they were making cost less than the truck camper that we were sitting in oh, and wow. gave us more than twice the living space. And that yeah. kind of drove us toward getting the fifth wheel. So wow, you yeah. ended up then with the Arctic Fox fifth wheel. Those are Correct. good. And we're in our second Arctic Fox now. So that we did seven years in a 24 foot Arctic Fox. And then when things started going with Renee's jewelry business, we looked into getting a bunkhouse model, which I ripped out the beds and made an office and jewelry studio back there for her. Excellent. That's cool. I advocate people buy or at least look at the bunkhouse and toy haulers not because they have kids or toys but open space yeah mm -hmm. yes. flexible space yeah oh and they're so much nicer now when we first started looking we both rode motorcycles and we're like man wouldn't it be great if we could take our bikes with us well the toy haulers back then were just glorified garages. Yeah. You know, they look like utility trailers inside. They were so ugly. So we sold the bikes and, you know, we said, well, I guess that's not an option. But now <laughs> the toy haulers out there are amazing. Yeah. yeah. Some of them have really improved. Yeah. So then you have this fifth wheel and you have the truck and you said you sold your house and business? We did. We were marketing professionals. So immediately we put together a prospectus and we marketed it. Renee said this was 96 and she said, we need a blog. And I'm like, why? We got enough 96. to do. Oh, he's getting his years. Uh, 2006. 2006. It, it was before. Right. It was a stone age. <laughs> Back in the day. It was the stone age. Um, so we, <laughs> are, we started the blog Live, Work, Dream because we were selling, we weren't selling a business. We were selling a lifestyle choice. We were selling this remote location a few blocks from the bay. It was the Live, Work experience. It was a dream experience. And we registered liveworkdream.com. And all of the first posts are marketing the business for sale and things showing how things work and talking about the area. And then within six months, we had it sold and we were on the road and it just made sense to keep that blog going. And we've been blogging there ever since about our nomadic adventures. Excellent. And how did Jerry like it? That dog, he was born to travel. I mean, he'd always loved meeting new people and going new places. So he adjusted like nobody's business other than missing the leg, which was all new to everybody. The traveling experience for us was what we felt like we were meant to be doing at that point. And he actually traveled with us for two years, even though the vet wow. said he was only going to live six months. See, that's the thing. Um, I think the nomadic lifestyle contributed to his longevity. 
Because he was giving, you know, a year max. We didn't right. do chemotherapy back then. And they said, oh, you know, six months, maybe a year if you're lucky. So we planned for the year off. But, you know, it took two years. He was with us for two years on the road, basically. And I think it was the moving around and the excitement. Every day we'd grab his harness and help him into the truck. And he'd be sitting up looking to see where we're going. And we like to boondock a lot. So we were always often out in the woods. And he would just be running around loving life. That is just awesome. Does it take a long time for a dog to learn how to be a tripod? They pretty much walk out of the hospital the next day. Okay. Most, most dogs, when they, they lose a leg for all sorts of reasons, mainly it's because of cancer, but they adapt so well and so much faster than any human who loses a limb. It's incredible to see. So they do much better than their people. One <laughs> of the things that have kept us on the road is we fell into this niche and we created a blog called Tripods to share his story. That's with a paw, Tripods. Oh. <laughs> and that's now grown into the largest online support community for amputee pets and their people. I host wow. 1,800 plus three-legged dog and cat blogs. We've got a nonprofit foundation. So we know a bit about it, but it was those first couple years where he taught us these things. I mean, I, I didn't know how he was going to pee. Could he ever swim again? And <laughs> every time, you know, they don't swim in circles, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he taught us quite a few lessons on the road. Was there a point where you're traveling and you're like, oh, we're doing this for Jerry, and you realize this is awesome? Yeah, about four or five months into it. The first work campers that we ever yeah. met were this couple at a, a really gorgeous remote campground in Colorado. And they're like, yeah, we spend summers doing this and we get our site paid for. It's great. They were teachers on summer break. And we thought... Whoa, so you mean you can get your rent paid for and keep traveling? We, it never even occurred to us that it could be like a long-term thing. And the more that we were on the road that year, the more we met other work campers who showed us that, you know, you can do this as long as you want to do. And I'd say by, we, we left in June and by October, November, we were pretty much like, okay, we need to figure out how to do this for more than a year because a year is not enough time, not at all. So that's when we started looking at, at ways to make a living while we traveled. And in 2006, the infrastructure of blogging internet connectivity and all of that was really in its infancy. It was. In doing our research, um, one of the first things that caught my eye was satellite internet. And on our very first rig, we installed a Motosat at the time, um, a satellite internet dish. And we've been huge fans ever since. We upgraded since then. We have a mobile sat dish and we're user number one on their new Instasat system. So we really enjoy getting way off the grid and away from cellular connectivity. But with the blog growing, and as we started to focus on that as a business, we knew we needed to be online at all times. So we were often doing that. And people now ask, what's the best internet for RVers? And my answer is redundancy. Yeah. Yeah. We have five different broadband devices that we can connect from our satellite internet, campground Wi-Fi, or if we're here in one place for a long time, we can always you know sign up and get a modem. Right. Yeah, like cable or whatever is offered. Mm -hmm. Did you, at the start of this, kind of just figure on on staying relatively close to Eureka or was it Flora, let's go? 
<laughs> it was let's go. One of the goals that we had for Jerry was to see him swim in the Atlantic Ocean. Huh. And we started going cross country and we had flown there, but, you know, had never spent a lot of time on the East Coast. And so we. But we went to the beach every Friday, the Pacific Ocean in Eureka. And Jerry was eight years old and he had, you know, the beach is one of his favorite places. So that was on the bucket list. Okay. Yeah. So we basically made a huge circle around the U.S. from the north going to the south in winter. And back then we were moving way too quickly, like everybody who's new to our <laughs> right. does. Well, you only had a year after all. That's, that's what we thought. That's what we thought. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, the traveling was mostly a lot of bucket list things for Jerry that first year. Huh. So it was interesting, you know, we had these lists, these milestones and these goals we wanted to check off. We went to the Great Lakes, went to Maine and saw him play in the ocean there, went down to the Gulf. And here we are planning these bucket list items. And we eventually realized that Jerry wasn't looking ahead to these other things or looking <laughs> back at these other things. You know, he just taught us about living in the now and making the most of every single moment. And I would imagine that's the crux of the book. <laughs> How did you guess? Be more dog, learning to live in the now. Exactly. I mean, he didn't care if we were in the Atlantic or in a lake somewhere. To him, it was just that we were off our devices and out there having fun with him. That's all yeah. that mattered. So speaking to lessons one learns from a dog, yesterday, Peggy made cookies. <laughs> And I sat in the chair waiting for the cookies. And I was thinking Zara would be in there right there at the cookies. Like, come on, mom, come on. And I was just in the other room. And I'm like, man, I should think more like Zara. It's just funny. Well, you thought you should lay at my feet and let me push you over, <laughs> kick you a few times while I baked? Well, I have hands. I could reach and steal some of the cookie dough. She would have just begged for it. Yeah, they do teach us some really important things and some fun things like that, too. We are dogless right now. After Jerry left us, we got a second dog, another German Shepherd, and he just left us after 12 years. Oh, gosh. Wow. Yeah, so he was a road dog his whole life. That was Wyatt, and someday Wyatt's going to have his own book, too. Wyatt was another traveling dog who taught us a lot of really good lessons. But more than just like seeing him play and living in the now and smiling at these things, there were certain events as every our full-time RVer knows things happen on the road. Yes. You can have sure. challenges, things break, you know, breaks You don't have to be full-time for that. And when you're <laughs> first year on the road and don't know about brake controller oh settings, God. you can burn up your brakes. And so there were instances where, you know, we were getting, we were still like, stressed out and living that fast-paced lifestyle and wondering planning where we're going to be next and jerry would just be like what you know hey you're missing out here look at this look at this now let's go play and let's go fishing again because that was fun and it really kind of slowed us down a bit to look at life more and just kind of enjoy every moment to the fullest yeah. We as humans know that dogs don't live long enough, right? I mean, 10 to 15 years typically. And they don't. They're just like living in the now. Yeah. And it's a good lesson. They appreciate the world that they're in and getting a good sniff on and playing in the ocean and chasing a squirrel and all these great adventures. Mm -hmm. That is so true. And, you know, dogs also, they, they bring it out into the campground or wherever you happen to be. I mean, if you happen to walk past somebody who also likes dogs they're like an instant conversation starter right? usually it's great when you have a dog who's really social like that because you meet so many people yeah. yeah dogs are awesome so what are some of the other things that we should well first i would advise everybody to buy 
Be More Dog, the book. Absolutely. Thank you. That's the crux of it, because that's where you'll get all of the wisdom of Jerry. Be More Dog, learning to live in the now. Key message, spoiler alert, is about being present, being more present now. But from the day he hopped out of the hospital, the lessons began, as our chief front officer taught us about resilience. I mean, dogs are incredibly resilient creatures. We had no idea. I thought he's going to come out on a stretcher with the, you know, the gurney and the (laughs) thing tubes attached. And he came hopping out of that hospital on Thanksgiving Day, oh. 2006, <laughs> doctors came in to, at UC Davis to discharge him. And he looked like a carved up turkey. But the first thing I saw was his smile. His pain was gone. We later looked at these two photos that we had before and after the amputation. And one, he's got his spare leg lifted and he's grimacing and his ears are back. And the other one, he's just happy-go-lucky and smiling because the pain's gone. That's wow. wow. So rather than looking at the loss, you looked at it as a gain. Yeah. As like, hey, you know what? I may only have three legs, but I can still get around. And it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Wow. Perseverance was another lesson Jerry taught us. We thought, oh, he's got a few months to live and he's going to start getting sick and we're going to start having to help him. But he just kept on keeping on like every day, every new place we went. And there was one particular at one of our first work camping jobs. Uh, it was on a farm in Florida and we were camped out on the farm and doing the farm stand thing. And there was cows next to us. And I recycled the tub that I kept our generator in and it was cracking and I threw it on the ground and Jerry thought it was the best play toy he had ever seen. <laughs> and every day he'd come out and he'd shake it and break it up and he broke it in half the first day. And the next day he went after it again. And it took him like two weeks, but he had shredded that thing entirely <laughs> to tiny little bits. And I just got to thinking, you know, that dog doesn't give up, you know, never give up. Persevere. Yeah. Just another lesson he taught us on the road. That's great. Another thing I really appreciate about dogs is everybody's a friend till they prove otherwise. Yeah. That that quote almost verbatim is in our book. And we have it. There's something very similar inside our bathroom mirror. And it's so true. Loving kindness was another lesson he taught us. And a real quick, funny little story about uh, Bemidji in Wisconsin, the huge Paul Bunyan statue. We were there and Jerry's with us. There was what we might consider a shady looking character, kind of a homeless looking person, disheveled. And we're having our lunch. And here we are with our still have our city mindset. And this guy's come up and he wants to approach us and I think he's going to ask for money or want some food. But Jerry was like just nudging him and say, hey, who are you? And it turns out he was a Native American individual who told us one of the funniest jokes we'd ever heard about three-legged dogs. Huh. We have to hear it. <laughs> it's a spoiler alert. <laughs> oh, okay. Spo- it's in the book. It's in the book. <laughs> All right. Yeah, get the book the and get is the in joke. The, book. the message though was by the end, we had made a new friend and Jerry had made another couple friends on the road just because he was out there and what you said specifically have faith in all living creatures until they give you reason otherwise yeah that's basically what he was teaching us even skunks won't spray you till you make them mad (laughs) (laughs) although don't use that as life advice it might be a skunk's bad day and and then it'll be yours too don't try to find out how long it'll take before they get mad right (laughs) don't test that theory right don't test my theories so (laughs) 
now that you are childless, <laughs> dogless, now that you're traveling without a dog, you're still traveling. I can oh, yeah. see that you're in an RV. You didn't give up the lifestyle. You are still traveling. Have you made it to all the states or all the states that Jerry wanted to see? Or <laughs> Hawaii's kind of a hard one. Well, yeah. sure. <laughs> but yeah. just a couple of years ago, we did finally get up to Alaska and, and Wyatt was there for that trip. It was been really interesting over the past 10 plus years, 12 years, kind of retracing our steps with Wyatt at places where we had been before with Jerry. Oh, They yeah. were two vastly different dogs. I mean, his book's going to be completely different. <laughs> he had less, different lessons to share. It's amazing how different the personalities, if you've never had more than one dog, the personalities they have are incredible. I guess that's not news to anybody who's right. had dogs, but <laughs> our last dogs, we mentioned Zora, who was a McNabb. The title of her book would be, do you have any food? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then there was Ginger, who was a lab husky, who was like, well, what trouble can I get in today? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we made the mistake of thinking that all shepherds had the same kind of personality. Yeah. <laughs> and we based that on Jerry, who was very gentle and loving and calm. And then we got another shepherd who was the complete opposite so <laughs> you can't judge a book by its cover not even a dog but we got what we asked for basically because in be more dog we talk about traveling with jerry and seeing german shepherds act like german shepherds should but jerry was so docile and he was kind of a, a kitten we would tell him oh jerry see that's what you need to do you need to act like that and you know there'd be a german shepherd barking at the end of the leash and then why it turned that's out to be what that you got that's what we asked for jerry sent him just for us <laughs> yeah even within a breed they each have their own personality just like humans exactly yeah. the cancer did eventually you know catch up with jerry and um we have some heart touching scenes in Yellowstone where we were approaching the end and did our homework to make sure that we did it in the right place and we found a little vet outside of Yellowstone where we were staying and that kind of put an end to our travels with Jerry but we loved the lifestyle so much we just kept going. Tripods had become such a thing it was now our business and then later a foundation that we just kept traveling and working from our mobile headquarters until one day one of our members said oh you need another mascot and, and why it away. <laughs> so with tripods you said what 1800 members i believe so tripods is a network of blogs it's a wordpress multi-site network where we enable people to host a free blog where they can share their stories because we just had one story to share with jerry but now we host more than 1800 three-legged dog and cat blogs and discussion wow. forums and a live chat and a toll-free helpline i think the we're up to about 20,000 members right now. Um, when it comes to members, our member base is very transient. People's dogs come and go. And so overall, we've had close to 30,000 registered members over the years. The thing that really hits home and touches our heart is that we have some members that are still there from those early years. Their dogs have long since passed, but there's a tight-knit group of people that pre-COVID were gathering regularly every year. And then they've socially distanced those gatherings recently, but we've got together with a bunch of them in Virginia a few years ago. And there was, you know, 30 plus three-legged dogs walking around. Wow. Wow. So wow. lifetime friendships. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's really about the community. And that's why we exist. They were asking about, like, how long does it take for a dog to recover? Every dog's different, but they bounce back sure. immediately and usually back to their new normal within a couple of weeks. But the people, 
freak out. (laughs) We freaked out and now we help those people freak out on a daily basis. (laughs) What kind of resources are there for? So our popular discussion forums are the greatest resource. That's where, you know, there's dozen years of archived information with people sharing their stories. We host Tripod Talk Radio podcasts where we interview veterinary surgeons and rehab experts and pain management experts. We numerous toll free helpline. Toll free helpline. Wow. Numerous videos on the YouTube channel. And then the foundation we created is now offering more direct assistance. Um, we have a fund that will help pitch in to pay for amputation. We just relaunched our rescue fund, which will uh, match funds of any rescue organization raising funds for an animal that needs an amputation in their care to help save their lives. And we have a few eBooks and other printed books that we've published, recovery and care handbooks for both cats and dogs. Wow. So you've turned Jerry's adventure, as it were, into assistance for a whole lot of other dogs and cats. Yeah, we just, you know, we know what it's like to feel like you're the only person that's ever dealt with this situation. And when you find out you're not, it's so comforting. So we just... We just want to help people so that nobody ever has to feel alone. And our community is amazing. You know, we like to say that we just make tripods run. We do the back end of things, but it's the community. It's the people that are there talking to one another, sharing their own experiences that really make it what it is. It's Jerry's legacy. Oh. Oh. Legacy. I got it. Oh man, you see, I'm the one with the with the puns, but congratulations. I love puns. <laughs> it's true though. This whole lifestyle, if you would have asked me, what, 15 years ago, oh, you're going to be living in an RV for the next 15 years of your life, running a amputee pet resource <laughs> from your mobile headquarters, I would have laughed out loud. I mean, yeah, sure. Right. I was... I was middle management in Silicon Valley before we started our firm. So I was like the marketing guy. And to think what we're doing now, a lot of the book kind of points at how we found our purpose. And yeah, we might not be making the money we used to, but the sense of community and the purpose it fulfills really makes it all worthwhile. Well, and then, you know, if you make money and then you spend it on vacation, you cut out the (laughs) middleman. Exactly. I'm going to guess. But I bet you're a lot happier now than you were then. Yes. A thousand times. Right. Less overhead. Early on, we discovered the best thing you can do to support this lifestyle is do it debt free. So we, you know, live minimally. We do it debt free. And every day is a new adventure. That is good advice for RVers and for just people in general. Right. Sounds like Be More Dog would be a good book to pick up for good advice for living your life. Living your life. Yeah. I like to think so. Thank you. Yeah. We're definitely better people for it by being more dog. (laughs) I love it. I really appreciate your time and sharing Jerry's story and yours with us. And the interesting transition from type A Silicon Valley (laughs) people to travelers. Well, he was more of the type A type. But <laughs> okay. well, it was like 2010 or 11 when you know we were just starting to make a business out of it and we appeared on the was it CNBC website or something and I coined the term uh, location independent entrepreneur oh. oh man it was you know before digital nomads became a thing so I thought oh I'm location independent entrepreneurs I had a ring to it but digital nomads much better well it, yeah it fits you know who'd 
have thought that that would become an almost normal thing, you know, mainstream right. as opposed right. to sort of fringe. I mean, it's now with, you know, people taking their kids on the road, as I've said a million times, it's better to show someone Mount Rushmore than to tell them about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's pretty cool to see so many people who are willing to take that chance and walk away from something that was once considered a normal lifestyle to do something like this because it just creates a happier world, you know, if you're not, you don't feel trapped in, in the lifestyle you weren't so crazy about before. So yeah. if you're lucky enough and you work hard enough, you got the resources, do it. And it's created such a community. I mean, we're no longer the oddballs. I yeah. mean, now there's Google it and you have dozens of experts at your fingertips with YouTube channels telling you how to do everything from dump your black tank while you're on a conference call. Which <laughs> <laughs> we did once. Well, I've done that. Oh, <laughs> or repair your satellite internet. You can figure that out. Right. So throughout the book, we also share how we made this last 12, 15 years. I mean, we share all the fun experiences with Jerry, but then we discover we're camping. And then how did we turn this passion project into a full-time labor of love? And there's like a full chapter about like how we made that happen. But then throughout the chapters, you kind of see how we found our purpose and fulfilled that niche without you know, this isn't something we want to market to people. They're in difficult times, so we don't necessarily sell at them so much at Tripods. We offer these free resources and then take it from there. And so the book would also help somebody considering the full-time RV lifestyle as well with maybe some ideas and thoughts and resources and that sort of thing. I believe so. The the subtitle is uh, Lessons Learned on the Road to Happiness. And that's kind of, you know, where it led us. We became much more happier people by learning these lessons from our silly three-legged dog. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, again, thank you so much for your time with us today. We will definitely share the book and tripods and tell our audience about it. It's just been a real pleasure getting to meet you here. Thank you. And and we're on all the socials with our nomadic adventures at Live, Work, Dream or at Tripods for any answers about three-legged dogs and the book is at bemoredog.net. Excellent. Fantastic. And tripods is spelled T-R-I-P-A-W-D-S. Correct. Correct. Affirmative. Yep. <laughs> I don't want to hound people with a misspell. Uh, oh, <laughs> you, had, you, <laughs> that's good. you had to get in there, didn't you? I did. I did. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> well, maybe we can meet up one of these days. I sure hope would so. be very cool. It was really a pleasure to meet you. You bet. If you're ever in Lake County, look us up. Assuming we're here, our goal is to be gone a lot more. Right. right. Now. Yeah. Careful yeah, you ask for sure. I know. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, have, we still have relatives up there. So. Yeah. Well, we have a spot to we park a trailer. We have our little boondockers so. station nice. over here. Yeah. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Very good. We look right. forward to that. We'll remember yeah. that. Yeah. And there's several wineries and a brewery within walking distance. <laughs> nice. I'm that taking notes. really great. I know. I'm putting it on my Google Maps. There you go. All right, you All guys. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jim and Renee. Thank you so much. Good to meet you, too. Thanks for having Bye. us. Have a great evening. You, you too. too. People ask us how to get internet on the road. Campground Wi-Fi is more promised than deliver. And you want to be safe and secure, and Cell Phone Unlimited only goes for so long before you're throttled. Yeah, it's not really unlimited, but the FMCA is here to the rescue again, this time with their Tech Connect package for FMCA members. Tech Connect delivers truly unlimited internet with their partnership with Sprint using a 3G, 4G unlimited plan. And it's another great FMCA deal. For just $49.99 a month that you use it, 
plus a one-time equipment rental fee of $39.99. Best of all, it's month to month. So use it when you're on the road, park it for just $13.99 a month when you're not. Upload your RV experiences, enjoy unlimited video chat, browse safely, and just enjoy the internet on the road without worrying about lousy campground Wi-Fi that's more stressful than stressless. This is another great reason to join FMCA, along with local chapters, get-togethers, a huge learning library, plus terrific deals on tires, in addition to other ways to save on tech, and so much more. And with our discount, you can join the FMCA and save $10 on your first year's membership, just $79.99 when you go to our Discounts and Deals page on the Stressless Camping website. Get connected safely with us and the FMCA with FMCA's exclusive Tech Connect program and all the other reasons to be an FMCA member. Tech Connect is truly unlimited data, but data speeds might be slowed in very high traffic conditions. However, there is no data cap on your monthly usage. Wow. Wow. We are back and we went somewhere. We went to a campground that we have been to before, but it used to be a KOA campground. It was actually the KOA campground of the year at one point. Oh. For one year, yeah. Interesting. Well, it's no longer a KOA. It's now called the Mendocino Redwoods RV Resort. It's in Willits, California. And they have kept a majority of the amenities that KOA had. They have updated some of the amenities that KOA had. And so it was a lovely stay. Some of the things I noticed is we had been going to that same RV park for an annual Rockwood mini light slash flagstaff micro light (laughs) fan club group that we started and boy they've really put some polish and you know spit and polish on that rv park you can just tell they've really put a lot of attention into details i mean paint and the carpet and the mini golf and just on and on they're clearly taking care of the place and really kind of upgrading things for sure so they have they have a lot of fun things to do they have a miniature golf course they have an arcade they have horseshoe and bocce pits They have a pool and a hot tub, and there actually are three campsites that have private hot tubs, which is pretty cool. I think next time we make a reservation, we're going there just because. Yeah, I'm always in hot water, but then (laughs) it could be literal instead of figurative. They have a catch and release fishing hole. It's kind of a little walk, a beautiful little nature walk to get to it. And on that walk, you can see miniature horses that they have on site, and they have an RC car track, and they have two sulcata tortoises that live on site. So there's a lot of fun things to do and see while you're there. They do have a dog park for your dog. And they actually have a skunk train depot. Yes. So we've talked to Jason from the skunk train in the past. We'll put a link to that episode of the podcast. But the skunk train is a train that runs through the California Redwoods. And it was a logging train. Now it's just a go and check out the trees and they are spectacular yeah you can board the skunk train not all year long they only do certain parts of the year so the skunk train actually runs out of fort bragg and out of willits and sort of meets in the middle the willits end has a tendency to have more bad weather in the winter so they don't start running until late march out of the willits end so unfortunately we went two weeks too early we didn't get to ride the skunk train this time yeah the funny thing is because it's in the redwoods and the redwoods are always kind of shady and wet the tracks get slippery so you can't run trains all the time through right so you know what really caught my attention was they have re-graveled the entire place. I mean, start to back, front to finish, blah, blah, blah. 
<laughs> but to make a fire, they just have rings, and you just put the fire wherever you drop a ring, and you put your fire right there. Right and there on the gravel, cool. wherever it's the most convenient yeah, for you, I like which is that. pretty nice. The sites are a good size. There's a little concrete sort of strip between each one where the hookups are and the space for a picnic table. So you park on gravel, but then you have a concrete picnic table area. Yep. So they're very, very nice sites. There are some that are full hookup. Some that are pull-through sites. Yeah. So there's a variety. So partial something for everyone. Our site was partial hookups. There was no right. sewer. We get the site without sewer because we are only there for a couple of days. We can manage. Yeah. Plus, I like the site that we get every year because it's really big and kind of a central to all of our Rockwood Mini Light and Flagstaff Microlight exactly. friends. Exactly. So we go here... Well, we go on our own as well, but we do go for this gathering, this rally. But when we go, when we're not part of a gathering and we just want to spend a few days in Willits, there's yeah. so much great stuff to see in Willits. Willits, by the way, is the gateway to the Redwoods. And it says so right on a big metal sign that crosses over what used to be Highway 20. Well, it is still Highway 20 in that section. Yeah, Main Street. It's a four-lane road there. And this sign is, you know, the gateway to the Redwoods. That is the old Reno sign, apparently. Right. So it's the so, archway that used to say, Welcome to Reno or whatever. And the now biggest it says, little Welcome city to in the world. <laughs> so that's very cool. We love to eat lunch at the Loose Caboose Cafe. Yeah. Or, and or, <laughs> depending on how many lunches we need, there's also a mercantile called JD Red House and Company. They're a store, they're a farm supply, they're a, a sandwich bar, they're ice cream shop. Yeah. And yeah, it's all good. And it's like your typical country store, but it's just immaculate. And uh, everything that I've had from there has been really good. Yeah. Another thing I've had is pies from Kemi's Pies. Kemi's Pies. So if you go to the Skunk Train and you're not staying at the campground, the Skunk Train Depot has a couple of buildings and one of those buildings houses Kemi's Pies. And wow. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Those are some good pies. They also have like taco pie. That's right. They're not all sweet dessert pies. They have have meal pies. Yep. Another thing that I really like there in Willits is I dig, I'm sure you figured out, I dig old machineries and steam engines and all that stinky, clanky stuff. (laughs) And they have a place there called Roots of Motive Power. And what Roots of Motive Power is, is it's a tribute to all the logging equipment from the previous century. So they actually have a steam-powered shovel. They have a Buffalo Springfield steamroller that runs on steam. They have a bunch of different stuff, steam locomotives and steam donkeys and all of that. Now, it's only open at certain times of the year, but when it's open, they light up everything they can, and it's just a stinky, clanky, noisy, smelly. It is so much fun to visit. It's so great. All those big old logging machines and stuff, it's really, really interesting to see. Yeah, they have some crazy machines, and the volunteers there do a good job of maintaining them or restoring them. In fact, they were pretty helpful when we owned the resort. We restored a hand car, and they provided us with some great advice to get that thing back on the tracks. Right. Cool guys. Yeah. And girls. <laughs> so I thought what you were going to say you really liked <laughs> was the North Spur Brewing Company. North Spur Brewing Company. And they are all railroad themed. They have tables that are like welded to the wheels of 
old railroad cars and they have a number of great beers i was not disappointed it was a good experience so visit willits well, visit willits you will be fed well and have some beer and <laughs> yeah you some, could go to the redwoods or you could go to the coast train experience absolutely and if you happen to be camping yeah and you happen to be wanting to run around willits and visit all these places and you happen to have brought your dog and you happen to need to leave your dog in the rv we have an idea for you. If you travel with pets, but there are times where you cannot take your pet with you, obviously I'm sure you are concerned about their well-being while they're in the RV by themselves. Let's say it's hot or cold or whatever it happens to be. Well, I took a look at a thing called a Waggle, W-A-G-G-L-E, Waggle Pet Monitor. And what it is is a device that plugs into your RV's 110 shore power and alerts you if the RV gets too cold or too hot and you can set the parameters of that but also alerts you if the power goes out so it's kind of a cool thing it gives you some peace of mind the alerts come to your phone and of course obviously you will have to have service on your phone but the waggle pet monitor itself actually uses verizon wi-fi so there's an annual subscription and that includes the service to this waggle pet monitor so it's kind of a it's a good thing to have if you have pets especially if you have to leave them in the rv we'll put a link to that review in our show notes i really like that it uses power and then it lets you know if your power goes off because if your power goes off your air conditioner went off and then you know it's not going to be that much longer before you get an alarm that your RV is too warm. So it's getting hot if in you, here. <laughs> if you get an alarm that your power goes off, you can start heading back toward camp. Assuming you have signal on your cell phone. Well, right. <laughs> That's the big variable. Last week, we asked in our question of the week, if you were a full-timer, a part-timer, a dreamer, and we reported last week that the RVIA had done a similar thing. We did ours a little more informally, and we didn't mean to copy them. It was just what was on our <laughs> schedule for the week. Right? No, they're copying us. <laughs> right. And so I think that it was a similar, I haven't really reviewed the numbers exactly, but 31 of our listeners told us that they typically take about a four-day vacation. 27 are weekend warriors. 18 people said that they take extended vacations. We had three full timers in the group. And we have three dreamers. So Sean, Michelle, and Sharon, I hope that the information that you're getting is encouraging you to get out there and go from dreamer to camper. Yeah, absolutely. There's also a few who are retired and they take a few trips a month. Three of those people. And we had just one, our friend Holly, <laughs> who answered that they are sport slash camping combo. And what I know about Holly is that she does a lot of horse shows. Her RV is actually a horse trailer slash RV combined. And so she travels and camps at locations where she participates in horse shows. Yeah. She's always horsing around with her RV. <laughs> and a lot of you are like, nay, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you all for answering. That was very interesting. And I, like I said, I think it corresponds pretty much to what that national numbers said. So I guess we have a good cross-section of people. And this week, we would like to ask you... What would you like to say to the RV industry? If you just had one chance to say one thing to industry people in general, what would you tell them? I'm really anxious to see what you're going to say. Where you can find that is on the Stressless Camping Podcast group. It is a friendly group for 
people who enjoy the RV experience, wannabes, anybody out there who appreciates the RV life, you're welcome there. And of course, you have to stay polite and friendly. But yeah, what would you like to tell the RV industry? Please let us know. And we will actually share that with the RV industry. Hey, uh, did you know we do a once a week newsletter and it's free? It is free. It is a newsletter that we send out once a week. If you are interested in getting that, if you would just go to www.stresslesscamping.com and sign up for the newsletter, we'll send you one once a week. We won't sell your name. We won't sell your email address. We won't share it with anyone. We'll just use it to keep in touch with you every week. Absolutely. And it's not just our information. I also find the best stories from around the internet and share links to those too so that's what's in our weekly newsletter there are a lot of new people as we all know and i keep seeing gosh i don't even know where to start well on stressescamping.com we have a series of tiles on the home page and one of those is rv 101 and those are articles specifically designed to help you get started and camp stress less that's right there's also recipes there's road trips there's rv shows there's deals and discounts and all of that so we've tried to put together a really good resource and we keep adding to it furthermore if there's something you'd like to see on our website where you're like oh you haven't talked about x there's a contact us so please let us know we're really happy to add tips tricks anything like that of course while you're there and you say gosh i'd really rather be following them on facebook well right from our website www.stresslesscamping.com you can jump off onto facebook instagram all those fancy social places absolutely and of course don't forget our discounts and deals for the best deals on things you'll need on your stressless camping adventure and if you've got a great deal for our audience let us know we're happy to share it so if you don't want to miss a future episode of the stressless camping podcast don't forget it's also free to subscribe on any of your favorite podcast apps we're saving a seat for you around our virtual campfire also our weekly reminder that a review helps us so much we got some great reviews this week we really really appreciate that and the more reviews we get the more able we are to get some of the terrific guests that we have been having on here and keep those guests coming absolutely well thank you very much again for taking us with you wherever you are and happy Happy camping. camping we hope you learned a lot had some fun and got some tips for your next stressless camping adventure We're honored by your reviews on Apple Podcasts, which helps others find us too. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss out on the adventure. And we look forward to your joining us next week. Until then, happy camping!